Hey, now if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that usually we have a conversation about who you can see to live a healthier life. Today we're talking about a conversation you can have to help someone else have a healthier life. Are you an organ donor? Only 1% of the population will ever be in the medical circumstance where they're able to donate their organs or tissues. If that's you, what would your family say? Talking with families about organ and tissue donation is what Verity and Guy do each day as organ donation specialist nurses. And lots of people, including me, have lots of questions about their job. A lot of people do ask, how do I care for families? How do we do that day in, day out? There is so much good that comes out of donation and the comfort that I know that that brings families. And I don't really ever have a bad day. It's it's lovely supporting families at such a difficult time. It sounds like a pretty tough job. I mean, I get the rewarding bit, but I mean, you're dealing with people who are going through disasters the whole time, whether it's the, the recipients or the families, and you're doing it every day. How, how, people might ask, why would you want to do that? Well, I think in the face of something very bad for a family that they're dealing with, we are offering an opportunity for as our families say, you know, some good to come from this tragedy. And it is it is extremely rewarding. It's it's very humbling to work with a family through this process and, and to be able to support them. It's very rewarding to work through the logistics of an organ donation case where, you know, we'll be um, finding the best match recipients for our donor organs. And it's it's also very, very rewarding to just care for an individual who's died as well and ensure that they're still very much seen as an individual as they are. And a, a good example of one way in which we've done that has been we were preparing for one of our donors to go to um, surgery and um, we we're, were actually in, in theatre and it was um, the transplant surgeons come to do the retrieval surgery. So the retrieval happens here in, in Tasmania? Yep. The retrieval always happens at their home hospital. You know, we've got these world-class surgeons doing a very delicate operation in a what is a very respectful theatre because people understand what is happening here. So all the theatre staff are very, very much on board in, um, you know, really seeing this as a very special thing. So you've got your, your typical theatre environment and the father gave me some music to play um, during the donation surgery. So I popped it on and um, the, the seriousness of the occasion was was broken by uh, the Richmond Footy Club song, uh, Gang Gam Style, uh, Tupac. So it was – but that was a lovely a lovely way to, to keep celebrating this person as an individual as well and, and it was really well taken by, by everyone in theatre. Having the retrieval surgery described, I've never thought about it. I've never even thought about it. And I guess the just juxtaposition of when surgeons are usually in theatre, they're trying to make sure someone doesn't die. In the case of retrieval, it's it's not the opposite because they're trying to make someone on the, the other end not die. I mean, what what's that whole situation like? And I guess the, the brain space for, for the team in there. Yeah, and that's what makes organ donation such an interesting part of healthcare because it is certainly in the, the health sector, but it's not something that's going to save your own life. 
Um, donation surgery is very much the same as every other surgery that you'd go to. There are theatre nurses, anaesthetic nurse, um, surgeons, and the the preparation and the surgical procedure is the same as any other surgical procedure in many ways. This information that we, we give to our donor families too when we're explaining our process to them. After the surgery, people uh, are sutured up as they would be at the end of any other surgery with dressings. So just to make them look uh, peaceful and, and as they were really before their surgery. What have you learned about the role, I guess, since starting that you perhaps didn't know and that the general public don't understand? There are a couple of aspects to donation that I may not have been aware of. That is the rarity of donation and, most importantly, the comfort that donation does bring to families at such a difficult time. When do you first meet a family? How does it happen? So we first meet a family when, well, either in ICU or in the emergency department, when futility has reached or they have presented with an irrecoverable brain injury. What does futility mean? That's a good point. It is once a family's relative has reached end of life. So that's when we become involved and we offer them the opportunity of organ and tissue donation at end of life. And there's a very small group of families nationally that can actually be donors. It's about 1% penny, so a very small group. And our role is to ensure that all families are given that opportunity. I'll come over to you now, Guy. 1% of people, what sorts of circumstances, and I'm just acknowledging you know, what a weird or strange conversation this is to have, what sort of circumstances does a potential donor need to be in to be able to donate their organs or tissues? It's a very specific circumstance. Organ donation would be a possibility in the setting where um, someone's had a, a, a catastrophic brain injury. So this is always uh, a sudden and unexpected event such as a, a large stroke or a traumatic brain injury from a, um, a car accident, for example. So that's added complexity to the family um, because it, it is always a combination of shock and grief um, when we're having these conversations with them. It, it's a strange scenario because as an organ donor, you'll be lying in the ICU, still being cared for. Our ICU team do a great job of you know, ensuring families understand medical situations, whether it's death or a complex diagnosis, you know, using a combination of things, including in our role, um, uh, CT scans of brains are a really sound resource to help families understand the extent of brain injury. There's a lot of preparation that goes into these conversations, ensuring that those families are given the utmost care at such a difficult time. So we do a lot of training in our family donation conversations to ensure that they are in a very, very respectful manner. I think a key to those conversations too is uh, communicating with the intensive care team and ensuring that the family understands that death has occurred or despite the efforts of the intensive care unit or the neurosurgeons, they've been unable to save their loved one's life and, and that's really clearly understood before they consider organ donation. Is there any research or any knowledge that you have on whether most people would like to think that they would be a, an organ donor? There was some research done a couple of years ago uh, that 
reflected that 93% of Australians were supportive of organ donation. We do see a, a pretty significant gap, though, between that number and our actual consent rates for donation in Australia. Nationally, our consent rate sort of hovers in the um, sort of mid-60% uh, range. What do you put that down to? There's a very clear understanding that this directly relates to people not registering, uh, people not having discussed organ donation with their family. And yeah, as we come back to it, it is a, uh, you know, a sudden and unexpected loss for these families and they're shocked and they're grieving. And it's another concept, another question that they have to come up with an answer to. And for some families, that's very, very easy. They can say, my mum was a giver. My brother would do anything for any of his mates. And that's something really common and really beautiful to hear, isn't it? We've talked a lot about families and I guess people's circle of care. How often do you get people who don't have someone to make that decision? Uh, I don't think I've ever been involved in a case where we haven't had a, a next of kin available. Quite often we have um, families that are blended families or We've had families um, travelling from overseas uh, to be with their loved one. So there's a, a endless scenarios and you know, as the modern family looks today, yeah, it can be uh, interesting. So many logistics there from getting people from one side of the world to the other to locating next of kin to working out the dynamic of a family and I guess the decision-making process and where that priority lies. What other logistics do you have to work with? There must be things like timing, the retrieval surgery, but then getting it to where it needs to go. I mean, this is all under under time pressure. What are, what are the big logistics that you're working with, Verity? So the donation process is generally around 24, 36 hours. And in amongst that, there are logistics of where these organs will be going to, there are anaesthetic teams, there are theatre teams, there's ICU, there are lots and lots of people to coordinate. In amongst that, our priority is our donor families and ensuring that they receive all the support throughout. On the transplant side, we are very separate. Donation and transplantation is separate, so the transplant teams organise who those recipients will be. So there are timings that are in amongst it just to ensure that donation occurs in a timely manner and that these organs can then go on and save other people's lives. Once that has happened, once the organs have been um, retrieved and it's on the plane or wherever it needs to go, do you do you hear from the other end to say whether the transplant has been successful? And is that a bit of a, I guess, a celebration, a happy moment? Yeah, absolutely. When we have an organ, it is a very precious item and we do have very close liaison with transplant units around our country and we are notified when it arrives, um, when it's transplanted and we follow up the recipient um, over time as well to see uh, how the organ is functioning in their body, which Verity will then uh, share with our donor families as well. What's it like having that conversation with the families, Verity? That is a very rewarding part. That is the comfort that those families get from hearing that their relative was able to save and improve the lives of many people. So all of our families receive a support pack with a donation outcome at about two weeks and then they receive follow-up 
phone calls and support for as long as needed. We also have a lovely remembrance service every year which is attended by transplant recipients and donor families and this is a great opportunity to celebrate the gift of donation and something that everyone has in common together across the state and they're Tasmanian families who all have that little bit in common. Different experiences but something they can share together. The whole time that we've been talking I've been thinking about you know hearts coming out of people's bodies or, or lungs or those those big organs that are very familiar to us. But I've noticed a couple of times you've said organ and tissue donations. What what do people donate? In terms of organ donation, people can donate their hearts, their lungs, intestines in a very small, rare group, kidneys, liver. In terms of tissue donation, our timelines are quite different. So you can actually be an eye donor, which, share, which improves and restores sight to four people, You can also donate bone, skin and many, many parts um, of your body. So it's an incredible gift. Are there certain organs that people are less happy to donate than others? There are some organs and tissues that families intermittently decline and I think that's based on information. So a lot of our role is ensuring that they're given the information of just how those tissues or or those organs can help save the lives and improve the lives of others. So, for example, eye donation may be a tissue that some families find great discomfort. Occasionally, heart donation does come up, and that is quite a sentimental organ. Um, Again, heart donation is very rare. So a lot of our role is talking to families that this organ is absolutely life-saving. It's a very rare organ to to donate, and it's a very important organ to donate. Again, Our role is to provide that information and we support any decision that families make in terms of specific organs. What do you want people in the community to know? What do you want them to do? Very simply, register your donation decision. Um, Our website has a range of information if you have any questions and there's Donate Life agencies in every state. If you can register online, as I said, it takes one minute and um, donatelife.gov.au is that website. What a job they've got, Verity and Guy. If donating your organs is something you want to do, make it easier for everyone. Have a chat with your family and jump onto donatelife.gov.au. You just need your Medicare number, your date of birth and you're done. This project was funded by the Healthy Tasmania Community Innovation Grants through the Tasmanian Government. Thank you.